This is the What Happened Today podcast, your daily history podcast that tells you what happened on this day in history. Brought to you by the Productive Leisure Network, online, ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com, and on Facebook and Twitter, at Prod Leisure. I'm your host, Will Floyd, and what happened today, December 1st, in 1952, the New York Daily News had a full front page story with pictures And the headline, XGI Becomes Blonde Beauty, announcing to the world that Christine Jorgensen had become the very first recipient of sex reassignment surgery. That fact stated in the Daily News story was not actually true. There had been other people who had received sex reassignment surgeries. But this was not known to the authors of the article in the Daily News. And in fact, Christine Jorgensen was remarkable for being the first well-known person, particularly in the United States, to undergo sex reassignment surgery. The story was sensational. The New York Daily News had always had a tabloid style in a certain way, but also there was a profound sense of wonder. Literally, no story like this was anywhere else at any time in American history. Christine Jorgensen was born George William Jorgensen Jr. in the Bronx in New York City and grew up there, the son of George William Jorgensen Sr. and the former Florence Davis Hansen. Growing up in the Belmont area, Jorgensen would describe herself as a child as a frail, blonde, introverted little boy. But in many ways, nothing was remarkable about the boy, George William Jorgensen Jr., other than perhaps he was a bit slight, wasn't into playing rough games. After graduating from Christopher Columbus High School, Jorgensen was drafted into the army at the very tail end of World War II. And then after being discharged, attended Mohawk Valley Community College, the Progressive School of Photography in New Haven, Connecticut, and worked for Pathé News. In other words, nothing about George William Jorgensen Jr. would have been cause for anyone to write anything about him. But in all reality, Jorgensen had always felt that something wasn't quite right. Upon leaving the army, Jorgensen first heard about people experimenting with sex reassignment surgeries. And in fact, the idea of experimentation is key here. Although the New York Daily News was wrong to say that Christine Jorgensen was the first person to ever receive a sex reassignment surgery, they were correct in one way in that at the time, Jorgensen was the only person known to have undergone it totally successfully. Previously, in the 20s, the artist Lily Elba, who had established a career as a man and then would dress in women's clothing and finally sought full surgery under the care of various doctors in Germany, had undergone some surgeries. But on the fourth surgery that Lily Elba had performed, Lily Elba received an infection and died. And so she was sort of a successful case. And there were other ones under the radar. Roberta Cowell, who had flown as a World War II pilot and then actually been in a German prisoner of war camp, was at that time undergoing transition leading towards surgery, although this would not be known for a few more years. And there were other cases, notably in Sweden, where actually Christine Jorgensen was seeking to go and then stopped and stayed with some relatives in Copenhagen. While in Denmark, Jorgensen met Christian Hamburger, a Danish endocrinologist who had been researching hormone therapy. Talking to Hamburger, Jorgensen realized that actually one of the best ways to handle 
such things as sex reassignment surgery was to take a serious amount of hormones. That it wasn't enough simply to change the body. That certain responses need to be had throughout the entire system of the body, not just cosmetically did things need to change. Dr. Christian Hamburger, in fact, was so influential in Christine Jorgensen's path towards becoming a female, not just in the way she felt, but in externally as well, that when she presented as female, she began to take on the name Christine in honor of Christian Hamburger. And it was actually throughout the summer of 1951 that Jorgensen began to actually figure out what to do. Because these were all brand new procedures, the exact process was complicated. First, Jorgensen had to undergo an orchiectomy, or the removal of the testicles. This obviously was a big physical transformation. But in writing letters back to friends in America, Jorgensen would say, yes, I've changed a lot in this way. And of course, if you see photos, I will look different. But the biggest change is internally. I'm in many ways the same person, but no longer am I shy and meek. Now I am confident and outgoing. And as the course of treatment went through in November of 1952, Doctors at Copenhagen University Hospital performed finally a penectomy, removing Jorgensen's penis. This was really the moment at which Jorgensen had taken the furthest steps. But tellingly, Jorgensen had not received a vaginoplasty. What would be a full modern sex reassignment surgery had not taken place. There had been a series of smaller surgeries building towards it that was not yet complete. And in the middle of this process, it was discovered by a New York Daily News reporter that this carpenter up in the Bronx was getting letters from his son who is now saying, I am your daughter. And this is why the New York Daily News went and carried the story they did. The New York Daily News story is remarkably free of certain prejudices because it mostly just has a sense of shock that this is even a thing. The word transgender had not yet been coined when the New York Daily News ran its story on Christine Jorgensen. In fact, the main term being used, transsexual, was still largely referred to in the German, transsexualismus, which had been coined in German by the sexologist Magnus Hirschfeld. There wasn't even the appropriate language to term what had happened to Christine Jorgensen in the American average lexicon. In 1952, there was no concept of what a transgender person was. In fact, gay people were still almost universally in the closet and faced massive prejudice if anything was known about them being gay. Divorce was still highly taboo. And on the front page of the New York Daily News, there stood a story about Christine Jorgensen. In the words of the headline, Becoming a Blonde Beauty. The actual newspaper contrasted a picture of Christine Jorgensen, fully glammed up in makeup and jewelry, with a picture of Private George William Jorgensen in the U.S. Army. There's something about the contrast that actually, because really it's an Army mugshot, the light isn't favorable in it. It's a simple thing. There's a forced smile. It's almost saying the way this person wants to be viewed is, of course, the one on the left, the woman, fully posed. And as soon as this story came out, which detailed in perhaps odd ways what had happened with Christine Jorgensen, immediately Jorgensen became one of the most famous people in America. She was repeatedly described as beautiful and feminine and soft. In some ways, these are problematic ways to describe someone where the key idea is that they are really the first person 
anyone was aware of had undergone sex reassignment surgery. But there was almost a bafflement that if they didn't know already, they would never have suspected. When Jorgensen's parents were contacted, there was a bit of odd banter. Jorgensen's mother had said, why? My son was in the army for 16 months. To which a reporter commented, did he like the army? And then Jorgensen's mother said, who likes the army? Literally, no one knew what to make of Christine Jorgensen. But everyone seemed to want to be somehow around Christine Jorgensen. There seemed to be few problems with her parents. There was also a sense of what might have actually been the role of Christine Jorgensen. And in February of 1953, Christine Jorgensen came home from Denmark back to New York City. On her flight from Copenhagen were the Danish royal family. No one paid attention to the royals. They wanted to see Christine Jorgensen. She was mobbed at the airport, wearing remarkably fashionable clothing. People didn't really know what to ask. She moved immediately into a car and didn't talk to anybody. But later, in a highly publicized move, took a driver's test in a mink stole so that she could drive in America around bizarre jokes about women drivers, it was reported that she passed the test with flying colors. But what was now apparent was Christine Jorgensen was one of the most famous people in America, and it meant that Christine Jorgensen had to be Christine Jorgensen for the rest of her life. And this wasn't just Christine Jorgensen would live as female. This wasn't just Christine Jorgensen would go down in the medical textbooks or as an historical footnote. Christine Jorgensen was a famous person. And so mostly what she ended up doing was contracting to write her life story and rather notably starting to work on a cabaret act. She would remain one of the famous people somewhat for being the first person to undergo sex reassignment surgery and again for being Christine Jorgensen, now a person with a character, a quick wit, a fashionable sense of style, someone who was elegant, but also clever. And so she was a natural fit for all the talk shows on television at the time. She would in her act make jokes like, won't it be funny if my child got on my knee and said, mama, tell me about your boyhood. She would often make comments, but there were some serious implications later too. In 1970, a heavily fictionalized movie about her life, the Christine Jorgensen story premiered, and she had serious trouble with the filmmakers about being paid for it. Later, Vice President of the United States Spiro Agnew in the early 70s would refer to a Republican senator as the Christine Jorgensen of Washington. Jorgensen would, of course, ask for an apology, which the brusque and difficult Agnew never gave. But it also showed how much Jorgensen had been mainstream. Certainly, there were not hosts of people who were out as transgender in America in the 70s. But America had been comfortable for two decades with Christine Jorgensen on some level. They at least had now had someone to put into the box. And she was a celebrity. She would appear on television and magazines. And that is really Christine Jorgensen's legacy. It's a cabaret act. She wasn't much. She wasn't even really into great advances in terms of civil rights and politics for transgender people. That wasn't who Christine Jorgensen was. But she was able to say, yes, I have undergone sex reassignment surgery, and here I am. I am now a woman. I will be respected as a woman. I will be addressed as a woman, because that is what happened. And what is even more remarkable is that Christine Jorgensen didn't announce this to the world. She took on that mantle after the New York Daily News had found out about the letters she wrote home. But it is in those letters where she told her parents, I am your daughter now but otherwise I'm the same person, that all of the ideas that would propel Christine Jorgensen throughout the rest of her life were present. And Christine Jorgensen became the first well-known trans woman in America the moment 
that the New York Daily News ran a front page story announcing that she had had sex reassignment surgery, which is what happened today, December 1st in 1952. That will do it for today's episode, but as always, please check back in tomorrow for a brand new episode because we are a daily history podcast and we do put out a new episode each and every day. You can also find all of our episodes on our website, ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you're listening to us on either iTunes or Stitcher, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating and leave a review because those are the ways you can help us to get onto charts and be heard by brand new listeners. You can also help us out a bit more directly by going to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash productive leisure and becoming one of our patrons. At Patreon, patrons give small monthly contributions to support ongoing creative work like a podcast network. So if you want to hear more of the What Happened Today podcast or any other Productive Leisure Network podcast, please go to patreon.com slash productive leisure and become one of our patrons today. You can also follow us for updates on everything to do with the Productive Leisure Network on Facebook and Twitter at Prod Leisure. Thanks for listening and see you tomorrow.